What is the destiny of those who never hear the gospel? When they die, do they go to heaven? Do they go someplace else where the gospel is presented to them by an angel or someone of that nature and then they decide? Do they not go to heaven at all? How does a loving and just God handle a situation like that? Good evening. Hope everybody is doing well. If you didn't get a chance to listen to my podcast last week titled, You Don't Want God to Be Fair, I think it would be very, very helpful for you to listen to that first before you listen to this. In fact, I said in that very episode that I was going to address this question tonight. What is the destiny of those who never hear the gospel? And when I did last week's podcast, I uh, answered the question or rather address the topic of God's fairness with this very question in mind. So I'm actually just going to go ahead and dive in to this topic. Um, I am going to both share Bible verses and scriptures, and I'm also going to tell some personal experiences that have proven to me that the Bible verses I'm going to use really are true when it comes to this situation. So for those of you that don't know, we are actually missionaries in Mexico. And if people here who have never heard the gospel are going to go to heaven automatically because they've never heard, and yet I am here telling them about the gospel, then I am perhaps doing the cruelest possible thing because I am now presenting them with a choice that enables them to spend eternity in hell and endure God's wrath. So this is a very, very serious and important question, not just in general, but to me. Because if people who never hear the gospel go to heaven, then we don't need to tell them. When Jesus gives us the command, the Great Commission, to go and share the gospel and baptize people, that is actually a cruel command by him. And so we ought to really take this issue seriously. My husband and I have had the privilege of sharing the gospel with many, many people throughout the years, mostly Americans, but not just Americans and not just Mexicans, people from all over the world for the past, I guess, 13 years. And I'm going to share something really interesting with you. So when talking to people, and them saying things like, well, Christianity is not for me because I don't understand, you know, the reliability of the Bible. I don't think it's true. Or the issue of evolution is really a hang up for me because it seems, you know, in- incompatible with Christianity, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever the reason may be. Or a, the big one, you know, a lot of people in America are bothered by the idea of a loving God sending people to hell. We always end up asking them the same question. It's a very pointed question, and it so reveals the heart. And I think you're going to be pretty intrigued by their answer. So we just ask them, okay, look, I understand your questions, your doubts, your hesitations, but let me just ask you this. If Jesus Christ appeared to you right now, and there was no doubt in your mind that he was, in fact, God, He 
materialized in front of you. He shook your hand, said, hi, I'm Jesus. I'm real. The Bible's true. Now follow me the rest of your life. What would you do? Would you follow him? And I'm here to tell you guys that in 13 years and probably asking over 200 people that question, we have had two people say yes, they would follow him. The rest of them have said, no, I wouldn't follow him. I have had so many people tell me I would rather live my life the way that I want and die and go to hell than to submit to a God that I don't agree with. And I know that that sounds just insane, but guys, that has been our experience with people all over the world after hundreds of conversations in 13 years. And although that is the most illogical answer anyone could give, that they would rather die and go to hell, even while fully knowing and believing that God is who he says he is, we must understand that that proves scripture true because scripture says we have an illogical hardness of heart when it comes to the things of God. That sin nature has made us repelled by the things of God. We are repelled by his holiness, by his authority. Just like Adam and Eve ate the apple, rather the fruit in the garden, we would do the exact same thing if we were in their shoes. And in fact, we do the same thing every day. So it's not as if your average person is good and wants to know God and is trying their best. Yes, people are moral and not as bad as they could be. And I'm not saying for a second that people that aren't Christians don't live decent lives. I have many, many friends who are not Christians and I love them deeply and I would trust them with my life, with the life of my children. That is God's grace toward them. God has given just this daily grace toward people to not be as bad as they could be. But when pressed and when put in the hot seat and asked, okay, God is real. Let's say that you are convinced he is. Are you ready to follow him? And they say, no, I don't want to follow him. I'd rather go to hell. That should make us recognize that something is seriously, seriously wrong with the human heart. If you are one of those people that would say, well, I would follow God if he appeared before me. I would. Well, then you are an anomaly, and that is evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in your life and softening your heart and perhaps preparing you for salvation. So please, if you would say yes to that question, please send me a message. Please email me and let's talk. Tonight, I'm going to be reading out of Romans 1, starting in verse 18. For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. 
Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served what has been created instead of the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. The rest of the chapter goes on to talk about the symptoms of being lost or of being darkened in your heart and in your mind. The sins that we do are a symptom of the fact that we have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. We have all perceived that there is a God, that there is a creator. But instead of responding to that with curiosity and a good desire to find out the truth, we have all, according to this passage, said, "Mm, no thanks, I'm going to worship something else instead. In Genesis 6, when God decides to send a flood, the reason that he is prompted to wipe out all of humanity except for Noah's family is because the passage says he looks at the earth, he looks at people, and he sees that the thoughts and tensions of their heart are only evil continually and that they are getting worse and worse and worse. And we don't just need the Bible to show us that. I mean, we can look at human history, the horrible, cruel things people have done to each other over centuries and centuries is just mind-blowing. And it's with the presence of Christianity that people begin to treat each other better. But without that, just open a history book and look at the horrible things we have done. When left to ourselves, we do not desire God or want God, and we hurt each other. Guys, when someone hears the gospel for the very first time, when you go into a remote jungle and you finally make contact with a people and you're going to share the gospel with them as many of my missionary friends have done over the years. They prove the scriptures true. They never the first time say with relief, Oh, finally someone has brought us the truth. I'm so ready to worship God. No, they don't want it. They don't want it. The only reason any of us are Christians is according to Ephesians 2 and other scriptures, but I love Ephesians 2. God awakens our dead, dark heart. Our default position, according to Romans 1, is we deny God, run from God, neglect God, and exchange His glory and His goodness And don't worship him, but we worship something else or someone else. As I addressed last week in my podcast, the only thing that God owes us is death. We have not been good. We have not been righteous. We have not been holy. When left to ourselves, our default position is to sin. And so God has done no wrongdoing if he chooses to allow us to stay in that position. That is a position that we have chosen. We have free will, but we do not have a good will. Every time 
every time without fail when presented with the truth, when presented with God, people will choose to look the other way. The only reason that any of us are in Christ is because God has chosen to show mercy and do a miracle in our lives. And so the work, the important, important work of being a missionary is prayer. Because I know that I can talk and talk and cry and beg and persuade for a hundred years and no one will follow Jesus. But I can pray that the Holy Spirit will illuminate their heart, soften their heart, and raise this dead heart to life. You can trust that God is good enough and kind enough and just and holy enough that he would never send an innocent person to hell. But the fact is, there's never been an innocent person apart from Jesus Christ. A loving and just God gives them exactly what they deserve and what they want, an eternity apart from him. I'm going to end tonight by reading some from Ephesians 2. It's just such a beautiful passage, and there's so many more that speak to this, but this one has just always struck me. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others are also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. As always, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please send me a Facebook message or email me at blamibo.go at hushmail.com. That's B-L-A-M-I-B-O dot G-O at hushmail.com. Thank you and God bless.